Hello, folks. This is Nathan from Utility Muffin Labs. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcasts, Nerd Words, and 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I wanted to take a couple of seconds to let you know about some of the ways we are trying to fund our podcasts. First, we have a GoFundMe so that we can replace our broken down old computer. Check it out at www.gofundme.com forward slash help dash keep dash the dash labs dash running. Or click the link on any of our recent podcasts on utilitymuffinlabs.com. Speaking of our website, you'll notice that we've added some Amazon and drive through RPG banners to our site. In addition, our newest VTM25 posts will have links to purchase the books that we talk about. Using those banners and links to buy those books helps us tremendously. Give them a click and help us earn a little bit. Lastly, we've recently set up a Patreon page. We've got a few rewards for our patrons so far, and we plan to bring more as time goes on. Visit our website for the link or go directly to patreon.com forward slash 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade. Thank you for your continued support, and let's get to the show. Reminder from the American Medical Association. Games, games. Here's some games. Games that want to get out. See? More games. Don't pour sulfuric acid on your genitals. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I initially are. I'm a graduate of Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times and it keeps getting funnier every single time this I see This is the Nerd Words Podcast. You guys care to comment? You mean like buying some? On utilitymuffinlabs.com. So the first thing I think we should talk about since we, we skipped it last week and I'm sure people want to hear is our in-depth Tremere or talk about the Tremere. Oh, our, our in, indubitable take a week to think about the Tremere <laughs> right. words. Got it, right. got it. You know, just wait until it's no longer fresh in our brain and then try to, you know, dial it back. Welcome, once again, to the Nerd Words Podcast. We apologize about last week. Things just got really busy and we just couldn't find the time. Sometimes it's nice to take a break. And perhaps use some soap to throw on your face and use Master's Razor to have a shave. (laughs) So, uh, pardon me. A couple of things that we want to talk about this week. We definitely want to touch base on the Tremere Clan, which we skipped. We did. We did it unnecessarily. We shouldn't have skipped them. They're uh, worthy of our time and attention. I I have an excuse, though. Mm -hmm. Ready? Yeah. Uh, We were slammed. Oh, no, absolutely. (laughs) We were slammed. Uh, It was... It has been nothing but nonstop awesome, right? To do that Cursed Kane stuff. I mean, right. just so uh, to give you woo. people the people that don't listen to our Vampire the Masquerade podcast, which I feel like it would be a very rare thing at this point. Um, but those of you who are unfamiliar, we run a game over the internet, a Vampire the Masquerade game, which we call Curse of Kane. And we were like, oh, we got this really great idea. Let's just have this like always on vampire game. Blah, blah, blah. Right. But you know what like always on means? I'll give you an idea. So you know how like once a week you get together with your friends, your compadres, your gaming crew, and you might have six, maybe even 10 people if you're really into having people in your house. And you're like, we're going to run a game. And you play for like six hours or, or eight hours or whatever. <laughs> Maybe you do a marathon of 12 hours because, man, you're really hardcore about it. Okay, well, now do that every day. Nonstop. Do, do that 12 hours every day. And it's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. And it's cool because typically it's not like 30 people all on at once, but sometimes it is. 
Um, Saturday it was. <laughs> yeah, Saturday was was crazy. It's it's awesome. And the worst part is, mostly it's Bob getting body slammed because he's <laughs> on a lot more than I am because I have a job outside of the house, whereas Bob has a job in the house, and so he gets to be on all day and field all questions. He's like the net, just tossing up the ball. People spiking it at him. And I mean, and to be fair, Nate's on his phone at work, and you know he'll he'll jump on when he can and when it's slow or whatever, and he fields some stuff too. And then when he gets home, it's definitely a a, a split of duty, and that's it's needed because that's when I can usually breathe. Right. Like last so. night, last night I had to get on and read. This was a joke I made, but it was true. I had to read nine hours worth of text. I mean, there was he had to get caught up there. I'm online, so there's no disconnect, and I had a room full of people waiting me to run our normal game. On Saturday, who were more, I, I love them to death. They're they're friends we've known for life. They're just super cool and supportive, and and they knew. And but so they sat back laughing as I'm telling them stories of what's going on. And the cool thing was they started reminiscing. You know right, what I mean? And right. I got to hear this nostalgia behind me, and it and it fueled me to keep the scene going, to keep you know to make that new, because that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. And so many creative people online, I like I, there's not a single person I don't stand back and go just just wow. Right. Like if you were wondering where all the wows went in your life in gaming in the Illinois area and whatnot, I'll tell you where it went. Um you you got faded. <laughs> right. You let go. Right. And, and to get that back, listen to our podcast, man. Jump on. Right. Uh, figure out what it was that your mind didn't forget your heart didn't forget you let life trick you into believing you don't have time you don't have the will and you're not entitled to fun because now it has to be all duty that's bullshit right no take absolutely i agree with you take your breaks i feel like just because you're an adult with responsibilities and a life doesn't mean you can't sort out four hours a week you choose not to and what's going on and and I, this is something that i had to come to the realization about about a year ago when we started getting really hardcore into podcasting and, and doing all this other stuff, I had to literally stop and take stock of my life and go, oh, I don't have time. Because when you make the statement, I don't have time, you don't. But if you look at your life and you go, oh, well, I spend three hours a night on the couch watching Netflix, you have time. <laughs> and I love Netflix with the, with the rest of them. But I get about 45 minutes a night as I fall asleep now to watch Netflix. And why? Because the rest of that time is spent engaging my brain in something. And me, I promise you, the only thing on anymore for me is my laptop. Right. It's it's all day research, study, content, digest, deliver. And it, and it really comes down to what do you want to use to have fun in your life? If you're if you're like in a position and some people will have this, if you're in a position where you're like, "Nah, I'm done gaming, I'm done doing that thing." Cool. You know, then don't worry about it. Then you're probably also not listening to this podcast. But that's also your statement, right? Right. I'm done and I've I've replaced it. That's okay. Right. But that is your conscience. That's your your conscience. Maybe. That's your choice is what I'm trying to say. You made that. But if you're like, oh, what happened? Dude, trust me. Do what Nate just said. Take stock and you'll find you got time here and there. Right. There's always stuff that you can cut out. And the last bit I'll say is that what's cool is that everybody online knows that too. That they can jump on. And read cool scenes that they weren't even in. Because that's the cool thing. Right. A lot of times you play games and they're like, oh, man, I was in that scene and he was in. It sounded really awesome. We're like, we left it up. Read it. Right. Absolutely. You got the time. Check it out. See you know, what folks did. Because we want you to have fun. 
Yeah, absolutely. For a lot of people, especially I've noticed in, in live action games, because it can be a bit more difficult to engage people in a live action game. For sure. Like you have to literally go and jar them into something with some people. With this, because you get to observe the scene, you get to watch these things happen. It it, it, it leaves you more opportunity to understand the story as a player. Do you know what Double Dutch is? Yes, I do. Where, you know, the two, you know, hold the ropes. Right. For anybody who doesn't know, Double Dutch is, is, a, is an old school thing we used to do back in the hood. And I, and I grew up in, in, in a hood. Okay, me and my sister spent time there a little bit. And uh, it was an inner city thing in Chicago. And I'm sure they had it everywhere, right? That seems mm -hmm. to be a thing. You would take two wires of a length, usually about around 10 feet, ideally. Right. Um, smaller, depending on the size of the people using it. And it's two of them. And they would oscillate, right? Opposite directions, getting them to skip in the ground. And the whole point is, is that you would show agility and rhythm. They yeah. sing all sorts of songs and jump in. Well, what it is, is that a whole crowd will get around when you start doing it. And it didn't matter if you were young or you were old. Everybody knew Double Dutch. And so when they got out there, they would try to keep rhythm and do it. That's exactly what it's like online. Right. We, me and Nate are the ones doing the Double Dutch. We're keeping it going. Right, but exactly. with you being able to see the scenes, you get to decide when it's time to step up and showcase your skills. That's what I like about it. I mean, maybe it's a little childish of me, but that's where my brain always goes to when I'm looking at that. Right. Like, when's someone going to jump in? I always felt like a big problem with playing in a LARP game was those scenes would happen. And you know, all these players that are not, quote, in the scene, they're watching and they're like, man, that would be so awesome if Every I could time. be involved. Every single time. And the big problem was always like, you're not here. You're not in the scene. You got to wait. And you'd, you'd have these crowds of people who were, like, chewing on, on a bone. Like, right. oh, when right. can I get in the scene? When can I get in the scene? Well, we're online. So, fundamentally, it's a different process. It's not a bunch of people being segregated and waiting for their chance to jump into a scene. It's nothing for the player to go, hey, uh, can I be in, in downtown L.A. too? Right. Sure, you can. Absolutely. And don't forget, we have friends like, like Dante, uh, also known as Chad, who is, is a podcaster we, we enjoy, we met through podcasting. And Chad has the infinite ability to showcase his dialogue, meaning yeah. Chad on habit will sit there and talk in chat. And I watched it the other day, holding everyone, right? just, just talking, talking and talking, and everyone's letting them listen. But the chat room's flying with oh, what yeah. role playing is, is everybody literally had time to collect their thoughts and feel, I mean, I've heard this said, they feel that they're their character because they get to say the things their character would because they have the time right, absolutely. to choose their words to do it. Right. We, we have, um, you know, some of the more dynamic people will jump into voice chat and just, you know, let it flow. There are people like that. I feel like, you know, Bob and I, definitely Bob, has the ability to just off the cuff respond verbally. But there are a lot of people who they need, they need to think. And For so sure. like a live action situation, they don't really get to thrive. And in a tabletop situation, it's awesome. But, you know, it's your four buds. Really, you know, what are you showcasing? And for people to be able to, like you said, think about what they're going to say, respond, describe their actions. I want to say it. I, I was sitting there last night and there was a big crowd and I was trying to I was trying to support <laughs> two ends. Right. And Jeff jumps on because Jeff helps us. Right. And he's like, dude, I got this club shit right here. And he opened this club, and I know it sounds nerdy, but it is nerd words. <laughs> it was a bomb-ass club scene. He chose these hot pictures from a nightclub that exists in L.A. He throws them up, and then he's putting up actual mixes and beats that they used right. in that club. And he's throwing them up in there. 
and man, did it come alive. I mean, people, I imagine people were dancing at home, right? Wherever they were playing their <laughs> characters, doing what they do, you know, because they're, they're living up. They're vampires right. in the crowd, living the scene, just, just, it, I go back and look at that and it captured the essence of being in nightclubs like that. I've been in nightclubs like that. Right. Definitely was that moment, except you're always that person going to nightclub going, man, I'm not about to jump out there and try to bust a move or do nothing. I'm right. not drunk enough, blah, 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 blah. But you're playing a character where you are the sole attention in the room right. when you get to it. And we had this, uh, her, her character name's KK. She jumped in, and I'm telling you, it like it was wildfire how people just drank that shit up. Right. And I was reading it along, and I'm trying to entertain people in the living room. I got this other scene going on. Nate's trying to get caught up, and I was like, I've never been happier to be mentally exhausted in my life. Right. Just it, to see the creativity. It is a very cool... Like we're not we're not trying to sell anyone. We're honestly we're showering our players with praise. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I for me it's a great uh, it's it's great entertainment. W- you know, it, for you maybe it's not. Who knows? But <laughs> for I, I you know the people that enjoy it and for us it's been once those once those gears start turning like y- you you get that creativity and you and it just it's like a it's like a fountain. It just. Pfft, Right, you know, just like the 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 dam has burst. So you know, for us, it's great. Uh, literally, no no uh, exaggeration. I had to read for forty minutes yesterday when I got home before <laughs> I could effectively get in and you know do things with players. Plus, as soon as you walk in the door, your your players are like, "Hey, I got a question. Hey, can I do this thing? Hey, I'm only on for forty minutes. Can you do this?" And you're like, yeah, yeah, hang on. All right, right. right. I got no, you. no, yep. can't be a part of your dialogue at that point. You got to <laughs> right, deliver. Right, you absolutely. Deliver. So it's it's awesome. Uh, it keeps us very busy, but it's worth it. And most importantly, we want to make it worth the time and money that the players put into it as well, because they're putting on, they're giving us their support. So and and just in case Shadow is listening, revenge. <laughs> revenge for all the stuff that you don't start with your cute self freaking malkavians man just eye of the storm so tremere clan book we we did the review we gave them their due we gave them their hour and it was worth it but uh speaking of live action uh we were asked to be on the uh, uh unchance podcast again of course to talk about our live action experience. And I briefly spoke about my dreadfully horrifying experiences playing Tremere in the early days of my <laughs> LARP experience. Where oh, 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 before we dive into Tremere, uh-huh. I'm going to go off my chest. Yeah. I got to be vague about this because we are in utility muffin labs here. I'm going to, but I've, it's been eating me up. Mm-hmm. A lot of people keep referring me to a particular podcaster. <laughs> and he does 12 minute and 46, 46 second reviews of something we love and enjoy. And, and it's not enough. And may, in fact, actually work for the company that. Uh, yes, but I'm, I'm going to state this. When you do 12 minutes and 46 seconds of a book where, where artists and people just, just bled their lives into trying to, to create something new and unique, you are not doing it justice. And you're not doing it justice when you make it so hyper focused, opinionated. And what I'm saying is. I may love a clan, but I have to be cognizant that others may hate it, but we're all still friends and enjoy the same hobby. Right. So when I do that review, I go, you know what? Before you hear the, hear the words out my mouth, here's the book. I enjoyed it. That I'll say. Please read it and tell me what you think. Then we can have a proper discussion of knowledge and shared view. 
Right. And we can both move forward. Okay. That if we disagree, no problem. I don't know if that's if that particular podcaster is doing that just to generate interest, and that's why it's done. And all and all all rent up to Caesar, as it said. But I will say right. this: do not start a conversation with me going, "Hey, did you see this guy and his review?" Because the one thing that goes in through my head, you poor soul, <laughs> you don't want to read a book, so you're shortchanging yourself by watching a YouTube, thinking that you could turn around and thus and thus be good in this game. No, right. he wet your whistle, and now you're coming to me, and I'm going to tell you. You're going to learn by the numbers, and I will teach you. I am the <laughs> R. Lee Ermey of fucking White Wolf Vampire, and I will take that because I want your creativity. I want to be a wash in your imagination as much as I build the world with mine to let you exist in it. We right. can only do that if you have your opinion and your artistic integrity intact. I, I will tell you this much. I, I love that we do the reviews that we do, and we do them because we love the the platform. We love the setting, the game. Oh, the company. I mean, regardless of what anybody's opinions are about, you know, the modern versions of the game, the new releases of the books or fifth edition that's coming out, regardless of what that is, you know, if they if they started selling cardboard full of shit, like, OK, <laughs> that's where they're at now. Right. But, you know, we're talking 20 plus years of, of time and effort and imagination invested in this game. There is no substitute for reading the book. No. Not Our not. reviews are, are designed to entice you, to give you an idea of what is contained within the pages of, of the book that other people spent their time, their effort, their blood, sweat, and tears to put into it. It's designed to give you a review, but then to urge you forward to read the books. It's great to go out and watch YouTube videos and, and watch, you know, and listen to podcasts. But at the end of the day, you need to read. You are an adult. You went to school. <laughs> you learned how to read. So, and for most people that we interact with, this isn't a conversation that needs to be had. These are gamers. These are people that have been doing this for, you know, the these better are, part of their... These are people who message us on corrections. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, know, we're not we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But in, And if you are one of those people that I you watch, you listen to our podcast, thank you. Um, and that's, that's what you do because you find it entertaining the way we put it. And you agree with their view, please continue. Yeah. I'm not saying you don't have to do that. You don't have to trust someone to do it. That's why there are people, experts in the field. Uh, what, I, what I'm trying to say is don't try to learn thinking there's a shortcut to getting to where me and Nate are at. Feeling you have to take a shortcut to get there. We will help you get there. Right. Just reach out. And it's and it's that simple. And enjoy enjoy what you enjoy. This was literally a pet peeve from Robert Batten mm -hmm. about a guy I can't name that I really want to. <laughs> That's all it is. Now, uh, to be totally upfront, who he's talking about, I've I've watched like three minutes of one of that person's videos. I don't really have a, an opinion formulated about whether or not he's good or I'd enjoy him because I don't I don't care. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't care. Uh, I, I am a firm believer of read the book and I've already established that read the books, whatever you're interested in, wherever your imagination takes you read the source material, understand the source material. I mean, you wouldn't go so far as to like play a game about game of Thrones, have, having never watched the show or read any of the books, right? Right. Because there's a source material there. You wouldn't just be like, Oh, I saw three episodes. So now I'm. 
an authority on. I fought with wooden swords and a shield. You know, I, I, right? And but but here's the thing: you you paid your dues. You read your D and D books. You read your fantasy material. So in that world, great. But what you wouldn't do is you wouldn't play a game of Supernatural, because it is a game that exists, right? having no knowledge of the show and never read the book. And shame on you. Right. Shame on you. And by the, by the way, Supernatural, for, for all of you uh, horror fans out there, that's, that's, my, uh, that's like my Buffy. Right. It's, it's like easily people. People get really crazy about like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or like Firefly. Like that's their their jam. That's their thing. Supernatural's ours. It's mine. Dude, it's it, it, ours is correct. Right. I, dude, we've we've watched seasons as, as cheesy as you may think it is, as, you know, inconsistent with <laughs> your horror. Like, I, I love the show. It's great. I am a horror fan boy. OK, I'm a, I am a horror. Right. Supernatural, undoubtedly. I, I will crank that out because I, I love it. I don't care how off the rails and ridiculous it gets. Every time they put out a new season on Netflix, I jam it into my head in two they, days. They poke fun at themselves. Oh, and then the tropes they hint they at? They do. Oh, it's so good. They had a Harry Potter trope episode. I was in tears just to watch how clever they were just displaying it mm-hmm. without crossing that line, you know? Made it, made it good. So, ladies, gentlemen, fellas... People of a masculine uh, demeanor, you can admit it. Supernatural is fucking fantastic. You love it. We know it. We don't right. have to talk about it. You don't, you don't have to worry about that. But it does, uh, it, it brings <laughs> us kind of full circle to Clan to, Tremere. To Clan Tremere. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, my first experience with Clan Tremere was back in, I want to say, 1996, right? When I first started playing the game, I knew Bruja. I knew Torador, um, I knew Caitiff, but the other clans were like a little intimidating to me. I was like, oh, I'm not right. really sure. And they were even more so intimidating because all of the people, when I went to this first live action game, because I was really like major exposure to this game, like on a massive scale, is when you go to a live action game, at least back in the day. Right. Because now it wasn't just you and five other nerds who listened to heavy metal or whatever, it was you and 30 or 40 or 50 other nerds. Oh, for sure. For because sure. these games were huge. And we played at a place um, in downtown Naperville, uh, sometimes known as the Sled Hill or the Third Pavilion or... The anyways, the, there, there, was, there was like this little... There was like a McDonald's, like a little circular building, like a little bodega or whatever. And they had a McDonald's in there at the time. And uh, then they had this little tiny pavilion, right? And there's this giant sled hill. Did, well, did your game start where they all deployed out of the McDonald's where mine deployed out of Burger King? Well, usually, <laughs> yeah, usually. So the games where they all deployed out of the, the Burger King, they actually were coming from across the street. I secretly think. There's a fast food thing right. where they're just cranking out people. <laughs> they force their workers to dress in goth so we could do the podcast later on. Right, right. At some point in time, I think they tore this little building down and like turned it into like restrooms or whatever. That just adds to the evidence right. that this occurred. Right. There, so there also used to be a cock robin. <laughs> do you remember the cock robin? Yes, I do. Before they tore it down. For those of you who don't know, cock robin used to be a Chicago institution. They had ice cream, uh, ice cream and hamburgers. It, it's a childhood thing. But anyways, so I, I show up uh, the first time and how I got introduced to live action because I had never played live action or even heard of it. Uh, I worked at this amusement park, right? Yep. And at this amusement park, 
there was like this group of like seven or eight other people that were around my age. And I was like 16 at the time. I had to be 16. I was working. So this was like 97 when I first started LARPing. And uh, this group of people, they were all from like a neighboring town. And they would all be standing around this this building. This building is where they would like serve food and like hamburgers, hot dogs, salads and shit like that. Right. It's a corporate amusement park. So they'd have corporate picnics there. And so there's like, uh, like you know, 10, 12, whatever people. And they'd be standing around playing rock, paper, scissors. And they'd be <laughs> like, and I would hear things like, I sent you to Torpor. And I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? Because like, I had only vaguely, I'd played the game like two or three times. So certain, there were certain cues. Where, where if you didn't know, it looked like you were playing gladiatorial combat with rock, paper, right, like, like geek right. combat with just rock, paper, scissors. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they're throwing out all these terms and like comparing numbers and shit. And I'm like. I don't know these people, but I'm like, what, what are you guys doing? And they're like, ah, oh, we're uh, we're playing vampire. It's just this thing that we do. And I'm like, like, like MIT, right? I'm training like, ground. like vampire the masquerade. And they're like, yeah, you know about it. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know what you're doing. Like, I don't understand. How do you play? Like, how are you playing vampire the masquerade at this park right now? Right. Ah, uh, you know, we just have our characters and just like you know, just like throwing down and fighting and everything. And I'm like, okay, what's this about? And so. I get invited to the D&D session, right? That's like my my introduction. And so it's our, our old buddy Muppet. It's right. like his house. And there's like all, and like, we're going to stay up all night. We're going to play all this d and It's going to be fucking awesome. You're going to love it. I'm like, okay, cool. I play d and I'm down. And so we play D&D for like two hours. And then it turns into the talk shop about vampire, right? right. And so, you know, people are having a, good old time eating food what i like to call the garage days right and just talking about all their their characters and their badass concepts and da 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 da, da. and you know at this time it's like 16 year olds to like 20 year olds and they're like they're all well informed i don't know shit about anything they're talking about and they're talking about their clans and their their nagarajas and their true brujas and i'm like what the fuck because there's levels to this ish right I mean, right now right. you're dealing with just the grassroots, right? Like they had little seed groups that would come out and find people just like you, right? Right. Because absolutely. Don't worry. There was the mid grade, which was probably the the twenty crowd, right? That are out there. We bought all the books and read them already, so we're just trying to see who's really cool out of right. you guys, right? What you grassers got now? We you know? we have we have our DM slash storyteller. You know, we are our high end, very knowledgeable people like Muppet, where. In his in his basement, there's a massive library of books, and he's read them all because that's what he does in his spare time. Then there's the mid grade, which are like all the dudes who, you know, they got like the ankle length shorts and they're all chains and all that bullshit, right? Yeah. They're like, yeah, fucking, I know about it. I read like three books. I'm fucking, I'm like the shit. Like I go to the game and everybody fucking likes me. Then you have like the newbies, like me, who were like, I I don't know how to play rock paper scissors very well can someone help me with my rhythm <laughs> right is there a practice room right so they're like oh yeah, this fucking game's gonna be great There's so many people to play you're gonna love it da, 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 da. i'm like okay cool i'll go i got nothing better to do so we go and it's like a friday in the summer and i get there and there's like five people there hanging out in this mcdonald's and i'm like oh this is kind of weird that we drove all the way to naperville to hang out in this little mcdonald's right. with like five other people but what i didn't understand was 
when they give you a time for a game to start, that's when nobody shows up. But like 45 minutes later, everyone, everyone shows up, right? Like, I didn't understand that there was like a fashionably late clause where actual storytellers have to like tell people an hour earlier than they plan on starting just so people show up to game on time. And this is shit we still deal with. It, it doesn't go away. It no, doesn't go it away. it doesn't go away. So we're sitting in this McDonald's, and then by the time the sun starts to go down, there's literally like 50 people. Just fucking wall-to-wall goths and metalheads and whatever. And normal people. And then there's this group of people. I don't know if they arrived to game together, but they didn't waste any time to hang out together. And they were all wearing like fedoras and like perhaps a black trench coat or, right. or a nice suit jacket and a tie. And they have glasses. And most of them are either very skinny or very fat. <laughs> and there's like eight of them. And they're just hanging out off to the side. And I'm like, oh, who are those guys? Oh, those are the Tremere. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Those are the, okay, well, what do they do? I wouldn't worry about that. I would just leave them alone. <laughs> right. Just keep walking. Right. So, you know, me being like, I'm a pretty socially overt person when it comes to role playing. I'm not so much like a social butterfly in normal interactions. I tend to be a little bit more reserved. I don't tend to make friends very easily, but in a gaming environment, I'm like, Hey, I'm out there. So of course I'm playing my 13th generation Bruja rebellious guy. So I'm like, I'm going to go talk to those fucking guys right now. <laughs> and here's a line. Nate leapt over. Right. And I'm like, cause those guys, those guys look like they're really socially awkward. Like they don't, you know, maybe they need friends. Maybe I can be that friend for them. No, no, that wasn't the case. They just didn't want to talk to me. Right. They didn't want a fucking thing to do with me. And I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? Nice you? glasses. Where's your hat? I, I have nothing to say to you. Please move along, Bruja. Oh, okay. Well, alrighty. <laughs> so I'm I'm looking at these guys, these this group, you know, some guys, some girls, whatever. And I have this expectation like, oh, those are like the nerd of the nerds. Those are like the nerdiest nerds, right? The nerd herd. Yeah. I don't know if that was the case or not, but all of those motherfuckers, they they hung out only with themselves. They talked about things I didn't understand, and they had no time for my impudence. (laughs) And so months go by, right? I play a couple of different characters, and I'm like, hey, I've read this Tremere clan book. I read, uh, you know, well, I didn't I hadn't read the Tremere clan book. I'll, I'll retract that. But, man, I read the live action book. I read the tabletop book. Like, how much do I need to know? I didn't really learn all that much reading the Bruja clan book. Fuck it. I'll just go play a Tremere. Yeah, until I find out that, as I had mentioned in a previous podcast, there's like an entrance exam. Right. And did you perform the ritual to introduce yourself? There, what? There's a, there's a ritual to introduce myself? Oh, is there a class on being this class? Just, just checking. Right. I, I, I walk in like, hey, I'm, I'm Steve, you know, insert random name here. Yeah, I'm, I'm here from wherever city. I'm yeah, Clan Tremere. All right. Who's your sire? I hadn't thought about that. Um, <laughs> Uh, let me write something on my sheet. All right, name the traditions in alphabetical order. I don't know all the traditions in alphabet. Uh, oh, can I use my book? No. You're in character. You stay in character. Oh, God, what is going on here? I made a huge mistake. I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> all right. Uh, you, you've, you've met with the 
you've met with the primogen. Now, you know, do this, do this test. You have to prove it. And I'm like, I, I okay, I'm not going to play this character. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> I, I don't know any of the things. Did you read the clan book? No. Read this by next week or make a new character. But you're, you're just like a player. You can't really tell me. Trust us. This is how the process goes. It wasn't trust me. I'm the primogen. It was a room full of dudes that were kind of creepy. Who knew stuff you did not. Who were like, you are not up to snuff to dance in the Tremere arena. Why don't you go play a Ventru? That requires less effort on your part. I'm sorry. I'll I'll read the book. I I promise. I'll read the book. I'll I'll read the book. Maybe I'll just play a Malkavian instead. Yeah, I think that's probably more your tempo. Oh, I'm totally not in this club. All right, guys. <laughs> and to this day, I couldn't name you one of those people that were in. Like, these are people that for years, every game I went to, that's all they played. They were there. They just happened to me. I know these people. Right. They played Tremere. Yep. And like, call them bad role players, call them good role players, whatever. Oh, no, they were quite good. Right. They were quite good. I was just like. It wasn't until five, six years later where I could walk into this group and be like, all right, guys, uh, here's all the information. Here's all the things that you need to know. Oh, okay. You're going so to be five or six years of fitfo. Right. Of literal took. of literal fitfo until I had the confidence to to not play a Tremere, but to storytell for Tremere. The Tremere clan is where I started getting the the, the stink eye. From right. storytellers in the area from sh- from showing up. Right. This is because first claim Bruja, entry level easiest, yep. right? Get in, let it go, badasses, have fun. And then I, then I, re- I read everything. Right. Like, remember, I started tabletop. I already read everything. Right. And I was the one guy in Arkansas running games for everybody right. that related to Fang, so I'm good to go. I come up here and someone's like, live action? What? <laughs> There's, yeah, there's a yeah. book well, for this. <laughs> yeah, you understand. I did the Bruja thing, had a lot of fun, got a job. Uh, I was a lifeguard, right, at a swimming pool, and I'm and I'm out there, and I get to read while at work because you believe it or not, for most of the day, not a lot of people are drowning. All of you are working. <laughs> <laughs> no kids are drowning in a pool while I'm on watch. So I just bring books, jam out to music, no big deal. Clean the pool, blah blah blah. Which don't know. Is that I also dyed my hair playing that Bruja, if you recall. I do, yeah. So, yeah. You but, like your blonde tips. Right, my, but they weren't blonde tips. It was complete blonde. It was a bad dye job is what it was. <laughs> it was blonde, sort of. Yeah. Definitely blonde. And then it had the black. Sh- I have jet black hair. Yeah. So, so th- th- that actually, just as a side, that reminds me. I remember the like the what I described, it was like the first time I ever went to the Riverwalk and, and role played. The second time, which was actually after the first time I'd met you, but I didn't remember your name. Right. I was introduced not directly to you, but someone was like, go talk to Panther, but out of character. <laughs> so so I was like, who's this fucking Panther guy? Right. So literally, that's how I knew you until years later at Lombard. I just because back in the day. When you had a character that other people remembered, you they, were known by the right, name. They didn't know your name. They knew your character's name. They in game, out of game, they referred to you by that character. I'm going to give you a secret. Secret tips, everyone listen for live action. Hot Topic had a discount bin back in the day <laughs> where they were getting rid of all these little st- stickers and tattoo bullshit fake ones you can put on. Right. And they look real shitty on your hand. They're great on your face. <laughs> so what I did was I bought like it was like Five bucks got me 30 
just panther, cat, bear tattoos. That's all I got. <laughs> right. And so I just got rid of all the other ones. Yep. And just kept the panther one. So it's like every week I had the same panther tattoo on my face first thing. So with right. the dye job, everyone went, that dude's hardcore. He tattooed a panther on his fucking face. That dude's <laughs> right. the shit. And I, and I never corrected it. I never corrected. By the way, it's the Ghostbusters theory. Ray, if someone asks if you're if you're a god, you say yes. <laughs> right. Don't correct them. Right? So I have this panther tattoo on my face, and that adds credence. They're like, that dude's the guy to see. Right. I got the martial arts patches mixed with the fucking street patches on my leather right. jacket. I have a leather jacket. And I'm and I'm sitting out in this Riverwalk, and what ends up being an institution is that flack we talked about on a previous podcast. I start having rave, rant and rave sessions. Yeah, where the brew hub would show up, and it, and it was about like maybe eight people who would come together. What pissed off Panther this week? <laughs> and then they would talk to me and be like, "Nah, man, this motherfucker thinks I'm not going to do something. Oh, I'm going to do something." And then it turned into fifteen people. Yeah, I know you're all not brew hub, right? And they still kept coming up, right? So. It lends credence because when people out of game started going, go talk to Panther like he knows what he's doing. Remember, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing. It was just they were sending willy nilly people over to Panther to go figure out what's going on. And I'm like sitting here going, "Um, I really want to help you out of game. I'm like, but dude, this and and I never said that. I always just like, look, bro, I'm out of game right now. You just got to talk to me in game. So what was that? What was that character's name from uh, the movie Cyborg? You know who I'm talking about? Uh, what was it? Fender? Fender, yeah. yes. So there was a guy, I don't know that he necessarily looked like Fender, <laughs> but there was a guy who, he had the size and intensity of that guy. I know who you're talking about. You, I, yeah, of course you do. And there was a little crew that he rolled with. And so, like I said, I'm like 16, 17 years old, right? I'm a teenager. This dude's probably at the time, had to have been in his mid-20s, right? Yep. And so we go to this game and there's this crew of people and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking Bruja. And they're immediately testing you like off the bat. Want to know your intensity? Like, what are you about? Blah, 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 blah. And you're they were gothic punk. Right. Like the chains, the, the piercings, the fucking link. They were I know the crew you're talking about because I know I remember being not them. Right. Is that what you're referring yeah, to? Absolutely. That, that war that started. Right. So understand, and I'm sorry to cut you off because I'm I'm actually, this guy was walking around and it was like, you know, the fist of the north meeting the fist of the south and they do not cross. That's the goal. He and I saw each other from afar. We're like, cool. No big deal. Moving on. Right. However, our minions, as we will refer to them politely at this point. We're like, that motherfucker's talking shit about you, dude. You know you know what he's doing right now, man, over there? Do you know what I heard him say? Do you know what he's going to do? And I'm sitting there like, shut up. <laughs> That's ended. He knows where I'm at anytime he wants to step. You're not afraid of him? I ain't afraid of shit. Right. It don't matter what it is. And I'm thinking out of game for real. <laughs> right? Because we're out of game. When right. I, whenever this conversation comes up, it's not in game. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck what piercing's in your face. I don't care. Just you got a problem, solve it. Otherwise, shut up. It's it's booty chatter. I ain't gotta right. hear this. Little do I know. On the other neck of the woods, they're telling this guy, you know what Bob said over there? Do you know what's going on? Do you know what he's trying to do? Man, you're gonna take a girl. You're gonna take a girl, <laughs> and you're gonna take that girl, and you're gonna take all that you have. Everything, man. It's fucking gone. And so he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. He's like, all right, we're gonna see what happens. So, as things often do, 
role play happens, right? Where we're mm-hmm. going to role play with each other. I come up to Bruja and they got a test panther. He comes up nose to nose. Why should I be afraid of you? And I blew him a kiss. <laughs> and he was like, it's going to be like that, huh? And I was like, you know what it is. Anytime, any place. <coughs> and now everyone's watching. But it wasn't just everyone. Everyone on the river walk from one side. The crowd on the other side right. walking up. Because here's the thing to note, people. This game is played in a overtly public place. An overtly public place. And these motherfuckers... People are role-playing... They, it, it's just there was a caliber back then. Yep. Like you, you really couldn't separate fact from fiction if you were an outsider until rock paper scissors broke out. <laughs> exactly, and exactly. then they'd be like, "Oh, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but everything's fine." So me and him don't. We're not even talking challenges, right? And there is an unspoken double speak going on because he is staring at me and I'm staring at him. We're just staring each other down, but I could see over his shoulder. The crowd surging up to come meet him, and the thought occurs into my head, I'm going to be fighting tonight. Right the fuck <laughs> right, now. Right. And so, and I have, like, my adrenaline's going, and it's a song that I'm used to. And so I'm sitting there getting amped up. He's amped up. Right. And we're almost nose to nose, and, he, and all of a sudden he's like, let's go solve this shit right now. And I was like, yep. I walk off. Why? Where I'm from, that's between you and him. Right. I, we're gonna go right over here. We're gonna beat like men. That's that. We're gonna we're gonna mash knucks. We're gonna see what goes on. And at the end of the day, someone might get a beer bought. There might be some bad blood. We walk away. Right. But it don't need to include everybody. This crowd is like trying to follow us. I mean, you and both like, nah, stay the fuck back. We're gonna handle this shit. And we walk over, and he's like, before this starts, what the fuck is your problem? He's like, my problem. Let me tell you what I've been hearing. And he's like, what? I heard the same shit. Man, I don't even know you. <laughs> I don't know what your problem is. And man, my girl been over by you an awful lot. Talking about how awesome he is. Talking to you, man. Charismatic dude. is like, I right. am a charismatic dude. Don't hate me. Hate your fucking bitch. <laughs> and he was like, oh, so it's like that. I was like, dude, you a good looking dude. I'm a charismatic dude. What the hell's the problem? And he's like, man, hey, did you play football? Yeah, I played football. Damn, man, it must be fun. I was like, it is, man. And then all of a sudden, he and I are bonding. Right. Over on the side, and the crowd's getting bored. Right. No one's rolling down a hill. No one's getting hit in the face. And he's like, well, dude, how are we going to play this out? Everyone's expecting something. I was like, that's cool. Um, we go back and punk him. He's like, what? <laughs> we go back, not say a fucking word, and walk away. He's like, really? That's why we handle it. It's no big deal. We get back, and something blessed happened. For whatever reason, the guys who got us all pumped up that caused this whole scene, that got everybody piled in, the cops came over to the crowd. Right. So when we come walking back, the cops grab me. Right? So right. They, I get pulled to the side because apparently he's the neighborhood kid they know. Right. I'm the out-of-towner. When I get pulled to the side, I don't know. Both cops play game. <laughs> they play this game. <laughs> and then they pull me to the side. It's like, what's your deal with him, man? We know him. What's going on? Da-da-da-da. And, and this cop, just his first name's Rick. And I'm like, uh, so here's the story. A lot of people talked a lot of shit. We got amped up. Thankfully, we're smart enough. Maybe it's because we deep down don't really want to hurt anybody. And we're just playing a game, but an incident almost happened, blah, blah, blah. It goes, oh, man, that sucks. Oh, what's your point spread on your bruja? <laughs> oh, it's, it's this. Oh, dead dudes are playing for years. He would kill you. Dude, like, I I was going to beat his ass out of game. Right. And he's like, going, oh, he wouldn't have done that. He doesn't know. It's like, dude, you don't know him. He's, yeah, it's in him. We we was about to have a moment. Right. And he, was, and he starts laughing, but everyone else sees, 
oh, they didn't fight because the cops got involved. Right. They saw that the cops were there. And so when everyone comes to ask me after what happened, I'm like, I don't say a word. They're like, oh, man, they let Bob off with a warning. <laughs> oh, man, it must have been because Bob come. Man, dude, I heard Bob came from this hardened place in the right. city, dude. And he come out here. And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. And you never correct him, right? Right. So, but that's the event right. that I referred to that's over and out. Now, it, it was a, it was definitely a crazy time. And it was a very, it's it, it, looking back on it, it's very weird because it was a very high school-y, clicky thing. All of it. And until you were like, until you were part of the inner sanctum, you were just like nobody. And there are so many people, there are like faces that flood through my head where I'm like, I wish I could remember that person's name. Well, you can't because think about it. People were acting. Right. And they, Absolutely. Didn't, they didn't stop. Right. Like if you met someone in public and like, like say it's me and it's Panther, I would tell you out of game my name's Bob. I want you to get to know right. me. I want to be your Absolutely. friend. We, we need to be cool with this. Plus reality. Right. They didn't have that rule for the vast majority of them. Right. They came out of their shells as a panther of their own, and they kept it going. Yeah. So as they grew up, though, they realized that shit don't work. Yeah. So what do you do? It's like, wait a minute. Were you Paul? Were you Panther? Were you Zeus? I don't know which one. <laughs> God, my brain can't remember who you are. Right. You see their face. You're like, that motherfucker. That's were you what Frog? Were you Pops? Were you, who, what was your name again? <laughs> like, Jesus. So yeah, the Tremere. Yes, my Tremere story. Uh -huh. I, I promise I'd talk about that. So... Shamir, I made, I put the Panther stuff to bed, different game, same locale, right? We're going to play right, again. Right. So, so let's give you some background. If you're not familiar, and most of you probably are not, because why would you be? But there were like, um, I would say three different suburban locations that you could find a game at any given night. One was downtown Naperville. And sometimes in downtown Naperville, there was one, two, three pavilions along right. this walk, this river walk. There was the first pavilion, duh. And that's where mostly people just hung out, just freaks and goths and punks and whatever. Then you had the second pavilion. And that was where a lot of gaming happened. Then if you walk down, you know, maybe a couple hundred yards, there was a wooden covered bridge that took you to the third pavilion. So any given night, you know, Saturday through Friday, you could find one or two games running at either of those locations. Then there were like little satellite areas where right. you, you'd have games that there were multiple games going on at the same time and they'd accidentally start crossing into one another. So at this time, we're talking on any given night, you could find 20 or 30 people on a weekday playing at the Riverwalk. Location number two was downtown Lombard. <laughs> Uh, at, at a place called Lilacia Park. It's another suburb. It's probably about, you know, 15 or 20 minute drive. Mostly you'd find games Fridays, Saturdays, sometimes Sunday. So weekends were mostly Lombard. For sure. Then you had sometimes all the way out in Lamont, which was like 20 miles south. Uh, and that was more sporadic because a lot of those people would just go to other games. But occasionally you'd find a game there. So here we are again at this <laughs> river walk at this like crucible of live action gaming. And and I'm there, new character. And uh, I, I read it all about Clan Shamir, I already knew it. And it was my second one I wanted to try because there was this concept I had. And it's, it's being a warlock. Mm -hmm. I one could call myself a Shamir. That's that's what is that really? What What is a clan? Right. right. I make the clan uh, that I'm a part of. 
And I read it, and I know my worth, and I know I have to move up. But you're not going to get anywhere going, Hi, I'm Gandalf of Clan Tremere. <laughs> Circle 2. Apprentice. And I just discovered I can move that mop with my mind. Right. Worship me. Not going to work. Right. right. Wasn't bold enough for Bob. So I was like, cool. I made this entity, and I didn't... Uh, his name escapes me. No, it literally... It literally was Ember is the name I was going yeah, with. I remember. And uh, I'm, I'm sitting here in the park and I have this uh, this black shirt with the ruffles on it. Yep. That old school shirt. And I have this. Uh, my, I loved it because, and I'm not embarrassed to say it, my mom has supported me in whatever I wanted to do. Imagination wise, especially if it was if it was writing, creativity, always supporting right. me. My sister as well. And Melissa at the time. And what they, what they did was, um, and Melissa and I were just friends at this point, but like, I, I had this outfit idea, and she's like, nah, you want to wear this with that necklace? That'll look good. All right. I go to this park, and it's just me, and now I have blonde tips. Right. That's how long after I played the character, right? Yeah. If you know dye jobs, it takes a bit for your hair to grow out. And uh, I'm sitting at the pavilion, looking down, and I have this old-school book, also bought at Hot Topic, where I'm, I jotted down a bunch of weird symbols and sigils I looked up. Yeah. And uh, one, one symbol in particular I had was on the front. Uh, was with House and Clan Tremere, the hermetic symbol. White Wolf, it just came out with a whole bunch of like badges and shit you can get, so that's one of the ones I had. Yep. And as I'm sitting there, get my hairs long, kind of in front of my eye there, and I remember this guy walking up, and I didn't say anything to him. He was just looking around, and he's trying to get in-game, thinking, maybe I am in-game, maybe I'm not. He tries to get my attention, and eventually I just looked at him, and I'm like, be you a witch? <laughs> and he was like, What? What the fuck? Like immediately. And then I went back to my book and I was like, the no way with you before you get uh, bewitched. Right. And he was like, what? Runs I, re away. I, I remember I played in that game too. I have no idea what I played, but this is actually before I knew Bob. Like Bob was just another gamer at the Riverwalk. <laughs> right. Just a intimidating tall guy who is really good at role playing his character. Or maybe he's just a fucking weirdo. I don't right. know. No one knew. No one knew. And, and, I, and I really didn't hang out with anybody after game because I didn't know that happened. Right. I thought you showed up to the stage, performed, right. and went home, you know, went, yeah. went about your life. And, and mine was just the crew from <laughs> the, the town that I lived in, so we didn't, we didn't really know either. But, but we were all collectively called the Naper Villains. I remember that. Yeah, we were, we were, uh, we, we were, I think we were referred to as the Lamont crew. You were the Lamont crew within the Naper Villains. Right. Because whenever we went to the Lombard game, yeah. that's what it was like, oh, those guys. Right, that, those were the Lombardians, and they, right. pronounced, they pronounced, all the guys from Lombard pronounced everything differently than we did. And we were like, it's not Aegeus, it's Aegis. And they were like, no, you're dumb, learn how to read a book. Right. And we're like, fuck you, physical challenge. I've got four disciplines. Right, it's time like, for the nerd off. It was, right. <laughs> it was good. So, so this buzz goes around, though, back to the story, where I now got to get your indoctrination. The Tremere approached me. I was not prepared for what came. I was prepared knowledge-wise. Right. But I'm looking over trying to keep character. I've acted before at this yep. point, so I'm really trying. Stay true to the material. These guys that came up, and, and girl, by the way, I don't know why, she comes leading to the front, and she's dressed like you would expect a gothic witch to look back, back in the day. You know, right. she had this big pentagram that was around her neck, right between her bosom, and, and everything else was going on, rocking the leg. She looked the part. Behind her was like, Gandalf's knockoff crew. <laughs> Do you remember what I'm talking about? Every every Tremere guy, for whatever reason, had a wooden rain a goddamn staff stick with a feather attached at the top. And I know what or that may, was maybe about. Maybe a jewel or a gem. There was a distinct style. <laughs> Tall walking stick, perhaps 
uh, like a black trench coat or a, tr- a tan trench coat, but not like a leather one, like right. a raincoat. And then some of them would also wear the cloak. Don't forget, they had the glasses, whether they needed them or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Remember that shit? Every they, they fucking Shamir wore glasses. They the lenses out to wear to make it seem like they were the, the Visalign type shit. Right. And, and they all had them, and I didn't know why. I just thought they were a bunch of kids with bad eyes, honestly, <laughs> when, they came, when they came approaching. And then there was that one kid who had the, the bushy blonde hair that was always shoulder length. Uh-huh. Like the very, the, the representative thin goth guy. Right. That would wear all the quasi-feminine material. Right. But then she would always draw all these ashen shim- symbols on right. his chest also, and all over also his body. Also, at, at that point, if I remember correctly, very big like black and yes. green or black and orange like uh st- st- pant like very th- long big legged pants with straps yes remember all Absolutely. the all the straps and i was like is he wearing uh, suspenders but just like no no those are just straps they're just functionless <laughs> and and then um very tight fishnet uh see-through shirt uh, to show off the very scrawny uh chest and uh small amount of hair perhaps but but usually usually not. That would that was like the, and you, of course some eyeliner. Right. Right. Yeah. So that crowd comes up to me, and I'm like, I don't have the makeup. I didn't draw a single symbol on me. All I got is this book, and I'm rocking this shirt. That's it. Yep. That's all I got. And uh, as they get there, she immediately walks up to the front, and she goes, "I hear you are a witch. Be you a witch?" <laughs> yeah, I am. And you look at me when I talk to you, apprentice. And I looked at her. And I was like, are you my mother? <laughs> Got her, her, what well, we will call the goth boo boy. He jumps up, how dare you? Do you know who you're talking to? And I was like, you have no idea or vaguest conception of which realms I've walked out of. Perhaps you pause before you go somewhere you can't come out of. And they were all like, this fucking dude, right? And so she does the dramatic flare of the hand as they were all couching fireballs waiting to smite me you know and then they all back up a step and she goes how do you know i'm not your sire i drink from the cup same as you perhaps you are you have knowledge otherwise i don't have time for your games and immediately she's like smitten i knew it right because she sits down and she's time but i don't mean smitten like in love smitten like cool shit right good right. scene right so she sits down next to me she goes well what's in your book it is mine did I do a rite of acknowledgement I'm not aware of? She's like, what? I did no ritual to summon you here. You came because some Cretan fought to approach me. And she's like, all right, I apologize. We have what we have here and we're making do. And we start talking shop. But here's the trick, folks. I know the material. No position. She kind of knows the material. Great position. Right. So what you have here is two people who are like, we could use each other. Right. It's a great advantage, and that's what's going on. What ends up happening is, I become the new gothic (laughs) boo-boy. Right? I become goth boo-boy. Because she's like, well, I mark you as mine. I turn around, and she starts spreading ash in my face, and marking it all up to the top, and whatnot. And and she's like, well, now that you're mine, what power can you give me? And then I tell her, from the left-hand path I come, and the path I must walk is over your dying corpse, I'm afraid. But you wanted then what you wanted the infinite kiss. <laughs> and she was like, You mean immortality? I mean you. And I grabbed her and a physical challenge to kiss her. She just kissed me. It was no passion. It was two lips touching. Right. And it was done. She had read the same shit I read, but it is definitely occult shit off the internet. Whereas right. <laughs> the traditional meaning of two witches coven to coven 
would touch lip to lip. Why? Because they would hide their witch's mark on their upper lip or on their tongue, wherever mm -hmm. it was, so they couldn't be caught by witch hunters. I read it. She read it. This is back in the day where you had to pour gasoline right. into your internet right. connection. You had to get on a bike and fucking... Right, you got yeah. That happened real quick and it was done. So rumors went a-flying. Her whole clan saw it, and then out of game, these guys were like, what the fuck? <laughs> Goth boo boy, not me. <laughs> right, that's my right. title now. He's like, fuck this right, guy. Right, because there, there's this weird, again, we, we kind of like touched on it earlier with your, with your fight scene, but there's this weird kind of um, in-game, out-of-game balancing act that you do yep. where these people, they're definitely in-game. You stay in-game, dude. Stay in-game. Stop Look, bro, running out of game. Who's out of game? But also, anything that happens in-game, these, these, I mean, they're kids at the time, so what do you expect? Right. right. But it's like, it's affecting things outside of game. Relationships are formulating, others are decaying, and before people you know it, know you. Right, people, people are picking you up at your house, and you're like, where are all your friends? And they're like, oh, that's, I left them at home. That's where this went, because right. after that night of playing that character, it's like I had a gang. Right. That didn't go away. And it was a gang that wanted me to know a pecking order, right? <laughs> So she would say something like, oh, I'm kind of thirsty, blah, 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 blah. Out of game, three dudes, Tremere, all go to get, they all go to the Grand Grimoire or 7-Eleven <laughs> right. to get said drink to quench her thirst. Right, we will go to the Walgreens. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there combing over books, listening to a plot, trying to figure out how we're going to even get involved in the craziness that's going on. And she, she's talking to me out of game, trying to figure out the same thing. But whenever anybody came around, we were all business. And what they realized very quickly, there's a rift in the clan. Her versus me. Right. And it's very subtle. It's just all very catty, right? Tremere-esque. Right. I have to obey her, and I will do that, but she knows that's only going to last as long as she can stay ahead of the game. Right. So that goes on forever, and that was Clan Tremere to roleplay it, right? Nothing big else happened from that, uh, except for dealing with the out-of-game, watching her boyfriend flip the fuck out. <laughs> flip the fuck out. Like, pull her to the side and have these arguments. I can never freak. Hour before game, she shows up, I show up, and she's trying to vent. She's like, oh, man, work, blah, 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 blah. I came from work. And, uh, you know, what am I going to tell her? Yeah, yeah, some kid almost drowned in the pool yeah. in four feet of water. I remember at the time being like, yeah, high school, son of a bitch. So I stepped in and picked up the kid and put him out of the water. But it was four feet. How did you? I'm 6'4". Right. You know, 6'6", six, six depending on the 7'11". Okay, we're just saying that. So me grabbing a kid out of the pool was ridiculous. So, and she's like, oh, no, my boss, boss, is boss, is boss. I don't mean to dumb it down, but everybody knows the type. You're right. just letting a friend vent. And she, she goes through the motions, but what does her boyfriend see? She sees her flirting with you. Exactly. Essentially. Or you flirting with her. Because you get familiar. You know, she right. hugs me. She's kind of leaning on me because she's tired. And right. right. And then there. you role play with her all night in game. And he's over there chomping at the bit. We've all experienced this. Some of us right. have not done it in a role play scenario. But we've all experienced this. But anybody experienced goes, don't trust your eyes. If right. What you see is not, go, go fucking talk to your girl. When you go, you set, fucking six days, six <laughs> nights of the week she's with you. Can you figure out, baby? Hey, hon, anything going on with that guy? No? Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe I'll get a hobby then and fucking stop bugging <laughs> you on yours. How about that? So it doesn't happen that way. She goes, look, I got to go talk to this guy. I know how to. And the moment I heard he became this guy, I was like, ooh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then she starts asking questions like, oh, what am I going to do? And I sit there and go, well, do what you want. What's that mean? I am a guy with a book who had no friends, came through here. Now, I do have a friend. And um, 
I know what he's seeing right now. He's fucking jealous. He doesn't understand. He's only playing a game half-assed because you're into it. As long as he's got the bomb and wins on ties, he doesn't give a fuck. You but know, you, you know exactly who it was, which is why that <laughs> cracks me up. And so to see her go off and talk to him and handle that shit, I'm like over here going, oh, man, I feel bad. And I was like, I'll just change clans. You know, to, to them, they're like, fuck that, dude. That dude can win. Nah, 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 nah. Look, it's your dude. Mm-hmm. You guys got history. You're over right. here crying sometimes. So look, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go over here now and play this different clan. And then that was happened to coincide the same night. The storyteller walked up to let him know, Bob can't play Tremere anymore. <laughs> and they're like, what? Oh, please tell us why. And he fucking goes, you know, I'll t- come here, Bob. Pull him to the side. He goes, the shit you're submitting, it, it's, I love it. I want to do it. Right. But it would crush people that this, this type of shit goes down. Like, I can't do that. Plus, she's super important high up in the clan. You just came in and circumvented those assholes. Right. And it's week three. Dude, here's what's funny about that. You talk about the submissions that you made to storytellers. I didn't understand that was even an aspect of the game for like the first three or four years I played. I like I had no idea. My experience playing this game, regardless of the clan, it was there's a guy called a storyteller, right? And at pre whatever that is, he tells us about stuff that's happening. And then at post, he tells us about stuff that happened during the game. Right. But I don't know what he does in between. I think he, I, uh, I, I have to give him my sheet to get it approved. But that's it. That was my experience. So like it, it was probably like like at least three or four years before I was like, oh, there's like a whole other thing going on that I don't know about. So that that directly ties to the. I need to pause because I have to pee so bad. My it. back teeth are floating. I will be right back. Thank you for giving us a minute while we went and drained our lizards. <laughs> so anyways, you were saying, do you remember what you were saying? No, I don't. That's, I that's, don't remember what you were saying either. Uh, okay. Let me see if I can think back. Um, uh, the evolution of the Tremere Clan is what I think we're yeah, getting, yeah, getting at, right? Yeah. So here's where I, that's where I learned my chops, right? I played Ember for a few, few weeks, short weeks. Right. But I saw that dichotomy and I saw the loyalty. Right. Clan Bruhai actually established the loyalty for everything live action for right, White Wolf. Right. That's inevitable. Ask anyone. They always stuck together. And why? There used to be a rule where if you mess with one Bruja, yeah, any Bruja who saw it, you, dog you, piled yeah. on. You, the, the thing was, uh, so it's a little bit different in tabletop for people that haven't played live action, but they had advantages and disadvantages. Right. In tabletop, it's mostly just disadvantage. It's here's the <laughs> Here's the curse. But in live action... The advantage of the Bruja clan was if you were ever in trouble, you could call upon any Bruja and they would come to your aid. And somehow that translated to if any Bruja heard anywhere, no matter what they were doing, that one Bruja was currently involved in a challenge, he can declare time stop as his buddy sprinted like the town crier and yelled that the British were coming all the way down. And any Bruja who heard it instantly dropped blood for celerity and supernatural speed and they hauled ass running so you'd have like a crowd of 15 sprinted and tired dude i remember the first time that i encountered that shit and i'm playing a bruja and like i was like yeah fuck fuck that guy i don't like that guy he's a dickhead and people were like you're a fucking bruja you gotta go 
Right. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll go then. <laughs> but then when you went, it was empowering to learn. They go, no, no, hold up, dude. Hold up, dude. We got you. And then right. the one person's like, you're cheating. You're stalling the scene. And it didn't matter. Out the woods, 15. Right. And we're now 15, 16 swole. I remember like a sea of people raising their hands and shaking them. Can I get to the scene yet? Can I get to the scene it's yet? Me. It's me. It's me. And then the store just gets frustrated. They're all here. And he's like, look, from where you're at, you can take three steps to get into the scene. Okay. This turn, you can take three steps. So understand the asshole I am about the three-step rule. <laughs> I feel this warrants, okay? So I'm a bruja. I'm iconoclast. I'm rambunctious and chaotic. And I'm told the only way I can help this chick is, and I don't even know who she is. I just know my primogen, I think, is dating her. I have no idea. And he's like, motherfucker gonna kill my girl. I was like, not tonight. <laughs> he's like, why? There's a three-step rule, Jack. Six six baby, <laughs> three step rule six six. He's like, what? Sort of goes take three steps. Well, I'm like giant stepping. Right. You know what I mean? Just, just like, like, four, like four feet at a time. I'm getting <laughs> just a, a legion of bruja, just like taking fucking uh, steel toed <laughs> steps. It sounds like a messed up like calisthenics for Jack. It, it looked like some Monty Python shit. It was so good. <laughs> and then I get within striking distance. The guy's like, so one round. Bob's just here. <laughs> Three step rule. Bob steps are fucking huge. You uh, there to there to there. Uh, I've got level four celerity. Can I take twelve steps? Yeah, fucking take your steps. I don't take care. All the steps. Right. Just fucking. <laughs> just uh, it takes a round. Okay, and then you're all here. So Clan Shamir had to follow up. Why? You get one action with some magic. Right. You get one chance. You better make it good because fifteen Bruhar are coming if it comes up to that. Right. So Shamir had a, had a thing. Well, we'll just make sure that we're always together. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we understand that we get that down, and then uh, we run, we run our game. Right. There's right. a lo by the way, back in the day, live action games, lots of combat, lots of it, heavy, heavy combat. Years later, people cool, folks grow up, get more mature about the content. Combat sated. Right. Now we're playing Clan Shamir, and me and they talked, and we're like, "Welcome to school." Right. We're not going to be as adamant as others that you must read the book because we think and we're a proponent of there are people who have no idea right they should learn slow over time make a great role-playing right. relationship so we do that in our game right but S then strong believer just as an aside <laughs> act first role play the character first then worry about the rules it's always our belief and <laughs> ah, okay so <laughs> I'm just remembering cheating a blind girl. and, and it didn't never happen. Okay, I, so, I don't know if we talked right. about it in a previous podcast. Well, we have, but I just yeah, remember no, no, I just remember he was a Tremere. He was the staff. Of course he was a yes, Tremere. Okay, Absolutely so. he was. Maybe he should have seen that I was going to do that. There was know. like there was like that dude. There was JPG. You remember him? Yes, I do. There was, I don't even remember some of these other guys' names. There was a dude named Dan. I, yeah. Was, there was like eight of them at every, like we've talked about it yes, already, have. but we know, yes. we know the, the cadre of Tremere. Okay, so we know the villain. So anyway, uh, cool, cool guys. Honestly, when it comes down to it, just having fun. Um, but in our game, we were like, cool. Here's here's the setup for Tremere, same as every clan. If you read the book, didn't read the book, we give you an idea and we tone it down. We literally trim the fat. That's too chaotic. People want the vampire experience. We want them to be vampires. There's a beast to consider. Listen to everything we've been reviewing and know that we at this point coincide with everything right. White Wolf's putting down. We're picking up. So the new face of the Tremere is taking all those guys and sifting them through our process. Right. And they're like, well, we know the material. No, you know the material as you like to manipulate it. Right. Understand how it works. That there are circles. You will obey them. There are people above you. There are those under you. It's your job, even if they're under you, to promote them to be better. 
So you can't just shit on them. Right. You got to help them grow because that's how the pyramid gets stronger. Yeah, all right, I suppose. If I, nah, nah, nah. No, you have to because trust me, you're going to need to. Right. Well, why? Well, me and Nate used to do this where get to know your primogen, night one. If you're here and you're new, it was usually a clan meeting depending on the size of new players, and we would run it. Well, I was always playing Lord Nikolai of Clan Tremere. And since day one, I was in love with this guy. He's a kid that wants to be a man with all the magic in the world, right? He's, uh, he's Voldemort's, like, mentor times ten. Just nefarious and cunning with a top hat and a cute smile and a way of being and a massive gargoyle to crush anyone that decides he's got to go. Never seen. Dude, one of the most, and uh, I apologize if I'm derailing you, but one of the most brutal things I ever saw happen was when you were playing Nikolai. And I don't remember who the prince was, but you and the other primogen convinced the prince to blood hunt a player because they were playing a child. Right. <laughs> I was like, how is this fucking guy playing a child as an NPC going to convince a fucking prince to blood hunt a player because they're also a child. Did you know that, that being a child, it's a violent breach of the masquerade? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, I'm sorry to derail you. Oh, there's like a, a whole line of villainy <laughs> I did with that character, and that's, that starts it, right? So, whenever you had to go in front of Lord Nikolai, the, the first thing I did was I said nothing. I would just stare at you with an impish smile, maybe gesture that you should begin, and wait for you to speak. Right. Always, there's a level of tip 101. You want to nerve anybody? Say nothing. Just stare at them. They'll eventually talk because someone has to, or they're going to walk away. Well, with an elder of Clan Tremere, that means everything. Right. If you were too weak to even attempt to say anything, how do you master the eldritch power supreme? You have no idea, no concept, and failed experiment, perhaps. This time. And you're no longer worth my time. Two players to date passed this process where Nikolai would ever give them a phone number of like, what, like 30? Because everybody oh, yeah. wanted to play a Tremere. And we always did that. But then there are, there are folks who would then work to earn his favor. Right. That's how the scheme went. And it worked beautifully. Some guys, all about it. Others, they came in with an ego because they played a super badass Tremere, the only character they ever played. Right. Now they have to start from the ground and they're <laughs> not as badass as they thought because they got used to a certain way. <clears throat> now, what you have to remember... This clan is big on improvement. If you do something well, like you get XP, you learn a power, you're supposed to get something from that. Well, Nikolai determines what you learn and what you don't, because you got to go to him for the book. Right. Now, every player everywhere <laughs> just heard that and went, well, that's bullshit. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, well, it's not, because I have to mold my Chantry in the city. Right. And you will not have a power that makes me no longer powerful. See how it works? <laughs> I give you a little, you taste it, and, and maybe right. I'll let you make the meal. Most likely I won't. And that's how it went. And so this guy gets hated. Nikolai, 100%. And uh, we had this process where to make it fun for us on staff. Some nights we would only play that character. The Archons had, had come to town. The Justicar came in. It's want to happen. Usually, because the game went like, what, eight, ten years? It went for a very long time. So Lots of crazy shit happened. Roughly about every year we trended a Justicar visit. Yeah. And when that happened this time, I'm <laughs> playing Nikolai. And I'm the first person brought in with a separate from the Tremere. And I'm just looking at them over the Archon's shoulders, asking questions. And the Archons are players. Right. 
So they want me to look them in the eye to answer an inquisition, and I'm treating them like children. <laughs> there was, someone was killed in the sun, staked out and blah, blah, blah. Folks say a gargoyle swooped down from on high. Are you a simpleton? What gargoyles in the day? <laughs> what? You won't ask me that way. I get smacked. I take it on the chin, but I look over at my clan. My whole clan's like, we're fucked. <laughs> we're fu Every time something happened to me, I look at them, and they're mad as shit. By the way, nothing that they questioned me about had anything to do with them. Right. Right? So understand that. Like, they're like 40 yards away watching my facial expressions, trying to see if they're going to get off the hook. Right? And then inevitably, the Arkans are like, well, we can't find any fault with you, but we'll see how your cronies hold up. And I pause them, and I tell them, it's a waste of time, you know. What do you mean? I am the one you should have questioned, because I am Tremere. Right. We are all Tremere. They will say exactly what I told them to say. And your hope is you can figure out my lie. Am I lying? <laughs> Motherfucker. We'll see what the Justicar says. And then the Justicar staff member, at this time, I kn it was Nate, was like, what did he say? And you questioned him. Was he found wanting? No, sir, we can't find him. Well, then it's because you have failed me. Right. He's done something. Right. Well, we'll go question him, and what's that going to do? Now, understand, all of Clan Shamir was hoping that the Justicar would talk to them so they could throw Nikolai under the fucking bus. They were going to smoke him. <laughs> and that little tete-a-tete -tete happened, and the Archons were like, well, now we can't question him. Time to move on. And I sat there and said to myself, there have been so many times I've been to a game even hearing tabletop and people's characters interactions that don't get that subtlety. When you play against your elder, make sure, damn sure, that he doesn't know what you're up to. Right. Was the whole goal because there's a lot of pitfalls, but that scene was so impactful. I don't know if you remember, that's when we had the four guys to change clan. Uh-huh. Well, yep. not playing Shamir anymore. I remember there was always at least two very frustrated, very overwhelmed, and overworked Justins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if the, Justin is a name. It's not like a right, like right. like there was there were people that very typically played the same general concept or the same clan and they would play from game to game. And in one game they'd have a very similar concept and they'd be like this is the shit, I'm the best. And then they'd go to other games and they'd be like oh my god, I'm so overwhelmed. <laughs> Well, you know, when you're used to dealing with, like, kind of, I don't know, pushover storytellers, like, storytellers, not to insult anybody, like, obviously, they all put in their effort. The guys who said, yeah, I'll be the storyteller for the game, but really, I want to play. Right. So I'm going to play some cool shit, but you guys play what you want. Right. Yeah, you know, and you tend to get away with a lot more in those games, but then when you play a game where the staff is incredibly knowledgeable and uh, well-versed in the game itself in the in the, the world the unique thing that we do we're like you're the player you tell us what you are to the right world. right why because we want to make you fit right exactly you know it's unique and when you do that people get overwhelmed because all the possibilities that they've been holding back they, they could never see right right do you remember the time we got invited to a game to play a just a car and archons oh yeah i do yeah i do yeah so so there there is many years pass Many years pass, and uh, we we kind of, you know, like like you do, we get out of the, the the gaming community. We, you know, life happens, work, and blah 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 blah. And also, you know, we're we're reminiscent. We we reminisce about the Can good old honest? days. I'm gonna yeah. be honest about yeah. this. We came usually if, if if I'm going to a game, 
that's like eight people guaranteed are now clearing the books or coming with. Right. Nate's going to a game. Used to be another eight, but that cements that those eight are going to be there at all time, and we'll get another. We'll get about a tune of maybe eleven people now, right? Who all want to go? Well, we all go to the game, making our character, not giving a shit what each other's playing. Like we'll get there, and if we coincide concepts, great. Then we'll otherwise, communicate later. Otherwise, we salute with our verbal swords, and I will see you on the battlefield. Right. Well, when you go to a game with like that many people, folks get this assumption: you're here to take over. Right. They do it every time. So there became this animosity where it didn't matter what you had, what your setup was, what this, who the storyteller was. If Nate and Bob showed up, it's the Bob show. Right. It didn't matter. And it was frustrating, right? Because we would go to a game and I would do the most horrendous, masquerade-breaking, terrible, kill-this-motherfucker shit that should have happened ever. And Nate gets blamed. Right. His name is Murder McMurderface. And... He walks in. Trench coat ninja. Just just carrying fucking a bag full of heads, chewing on a finger, and people are like, that Gangrel over there, i.e. me, he did it. And I'm like, dude, I, I read books. I, I wasn't even near him the I don't even night. know this fucking guy. Could you give me a break here? And, uh, so, <laughs> and so what happens? So we started doing it. Well, fuck it, man. We're just going to come in, and we're going to play the most mundane shit possible. Right. We tried coming in playing a venture lineage where I was the sire, Nate was the chilled, and we're just tame as shit. All dignitas, noblesse oblige, next week's podcast, those words will make sense. And that's what and that's what we were doing. And Nate recites his lineage, does it beautifully. Right. When it's done, I wear a suit. Right. Wearing a suit we were in hot ass weather. Yeah. Own it. Own it. <laughs> your swass is your nobility. And uh <laughs> when it's when it's all said and done Somehow, we were there to ruin the world. Right. We don't have the ability to. Right. And people were getting worked up out of game. That's what would happen. We would come play characters, and out of game, everyone was pissed. Right. So that's why we fell out of the circuit. Right. We were just like, wow, man, if it's, if it's a thing where we show up and instantly we're hated. Like, I was, you were there when I was told right. directly. Imagine being at a pre where everybody's, 30 people are looking at you, and the storage was like, well, Bob, here's the problem. And just said flat out. Everyone's intimidated. Nobody wants to role play with you, you know, because every time da 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 da, and what they're saying is nothing bad. Right. It's you're just elitist, man. No one's on your level. No one ever knows enough. No one can ever do what you do. And I was like, but can you state a time I ever made that an issue? Right. And that's as much of my soapbox as I'll get. But you know, we saw very clear that Nate was going to catch all the flack because <laughs> they couldn't stick it to me. <laughs> and I was like, that's abusive. We're we're, we're done. To be fair. Bob has always been very diplomatic. I I lack diplomacy. <laughs> I know not what diplomacy is. And uh, when I'm, I'm overt, when people, not to sound like a tough guy, when people step, I put them in their place. I, I put people in check. I have no problem doing it to anybody. So because of that, because of my attitude, my unwillingness to be diplomatic, coupled with Bob's <laughs> overwhelming sort of presence and uh, his ability to sort of work around people and, you know, put people in checkmate. Yeah, we, we get kind of like, yeah, go fuck yourself. We don't want you in our game. All right, cool. No problem. And then we slowly learn not to bring our crew because right. our crew are fanatic because they're great role players. They really are. There are people who play with us over the years that learn like we did, learn by the numbers, right? And so they have their shtick and they're, they're comfortable with what they play. And when they get to play it, they're, they're fun, but they believe in one thing. And I hear this all the time. You spoil this, man. If we go somewhere and someone's wrong, 
we want them to see what right looks like so that they can be cool too. Right. So we want to teach them and show them. And so nine times out of ten, these guys, these cats are out of game just helping people figure out their concepts and round it out, having fun like that. But when you're in front of everyone and someone's going, hey, man, one of your friends sucks. So I'm a social bully him because I'm the storyteller and he has to respect that. So he's just going to whatever. And fuck, he's taking on the chin. Fuck that, dude. I don't know Bob to do that. And then you'll have someone like Jeff. I'm going to eat your mother's fucking soul, you piece of shit. And then that's <laughs> it's out the window. And we were like, hmm, for Jeff's sake. And I think his, uh, definitely his heart's sake. We're going to kind of. Right, right. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to take a step back. I'm going to withdraw a bit. So then basically we go on, we go on the LARP hiatus. We, we might LARP once a year. We go to a convention. We'll do it there. It's all strangers, people that don't know us or, you know, groups of people that, that they don't, they haven't built up this, this preconceived notion, but occasionally every once in a while, we'll hear rumblings of a game that exists right? and we'll get a call. We'll get a call from a storyteller or we'll get a call from a friend of the storyteller who's like, Hey, storyteller from such and such game would like to talk to you and we're like okay like they called the bat phone <laughs> right, you know right. what's this so i i have a justicar role i need filled and that justicar needs archons would you be interested and me and nick sound like mexican mafia hitmen as we're like where's the place <laughs> yeah what's the task how much do you give me who's got to go Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and then we go out back and we crawl through the sand in our stomach after worshiping at the Santeria Shrine, and we, we go to this game. Right. And so we go to this game. I don't even remember the details about it, but I remember you are the Justicar, like you do, and one of their big issues was at this game, they had problems with Tremere, right? <laughs> Something was going on with the Tremere. They were doing nefarious, no good Nick stuff. So we came up with this idea Hey, Nate, what if you play a former Tremere anti-tribute who's been brought back into the fold, but works specifically for this Justicar? And I was like, hey, that sounds like a really great idea, because at this time, the Tremere anti-tribute have been wiped off the face of the planet. They're, they no longer exist. So, and, and don't forget, we came in threes. Right. Right. So me and Nate didn't just come alone. You know, agreed to be the Justicar. He's one Archon. We brought two of our friends. One was Jeff. The other one's Adam. Adam and Jeff are pit bulls. You'll know more about that as we get to that. When they define Archons and Justicars more, we'll, trust me, we'll cover it. But Archons always come in threes. And that's the point. So Nate was the occult expert. Yeah. And, and he's the one who actually sniffs out all the truths that are going on. My job is to be me, which it's a Justicar. Just imagine I'm the judge, jury, and executioner, and right. I'm letting my people do their job. But then you have Adam, who for whatever reason decided to play this smooth, cool cat daddy who talked real low that forced you to listen, but he would tell you the horrible shit he's going to do to you <laughs> if you didn't tell him the truth. Jeff, on the other hand, was a laid-back everybody's friend who would bring you over to Adam, and then Jeff was the one pulling out the torture implements <laughs> to get the show going. Beautiful thing. Right. <laughs> because the only thing that ever stopped them was a look from me where I have all the powerful hierarchy around me as we're just chit-chatting, right? Just chit-chat. They want to tell me all the wonderful things they're doing in the city, and I'm not going to listen because I'm looking at my men work. That's right. how it goes. Meanwhile, Nate, knowing this, would turn around and he would hold up fingers. I remember you doing that. You had this black glove that you wore <laughs> in your hand. It's hot out. Remember that. And he made a show of putting on this glove when he was talking to someone. So I knew when the glove was on, he's yeah, figuring they were out. They were nitrile gloves. I made it a point to carry around a box of nitrile gloves. So, like, think latex gloves. These are black latex <laughs> gloves. Therefore, 
engaging in activities that perhaps there might be spillage. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you'd add him on the right talking to someone very low. You don't know what's going on. You have Jeff smiling. Oh, no, I understand. You're going to scream a lot and it's going to suck. But man, is it going to be funny? By the way, this is being recorded. He doesn't hear so well all the way up at the top of the amphitheater. And then I'm watching all this. I'm trying to read the body language and all I have is Nate occasionally holding up one finger, perhaps three. I don't know what the fuck this means. I, I don't even remember. He's just holding it up. The, but the, you always hear the person, you know, playing the character. Was it me? I don't know who did. Just shouting on the mountain, dude. The first thing that we did, we talked before we go to this game. The first thing we did was we rounded up all of the Tremere. <laughs> and we put them in this room. And the fucking hatred in the eyes of these players, because I described to them, first and foremost, you can see this guy has the mark of the betrayer. It glows like a brilliant fucking beacon in the middle of his forehead. And they're, they're all like, you're fucking Sabat. And I'm clearly not. I'm clearly an archon. So there's a backstory and they all want to, and they're like, oh, we gotta, we gotta do something. Fuck you. And I know that they're like that. And it's just like, it's just like icing on the cake. It's just like it silky so and smooth good. and delicious. And it's just like running down my chin. Just so delightful. And every one of these players is like you. I fucking hate you. I don't even know you, but I hate you. And it was perfect because I'm a, I'm a Shamir Justicar. Uh, on the sheet, but uh, I don't tell them that. Mm -hmm. I'm just the Justicar. Right. So when the Tremere get to me and they're like, you don't understand. He's a he's an anti-tribute. I'm like, God, I'm, I intimately understand. <laughs> right. I'm well aware of what he is. He's my Archon. What do you have to say for yourself? You know, and that's... But this grind, right. this social grind, remember the backdrop, the story we told before this? Everyone who had forgotten and thought we no longer played, we were there... And folks were defeated before we even opened our mouth. Right. They were the guy we were supposed to deal with. We didn't get to deal with. Remember, he yep. pitched a fit, blew up at the storyteller, yep. and stormed out of the game. And we were like, "Do you seriously want?" To? He goes, "Oh no, absolutely. That's we're not gonna let that fall in because people have spent influence to get someone here to find him out to do that. I'm gonna honor my game. Right. Bravo. All right. So we're here doing what we do. And then the Shamir players may have had extra incentive to hate. <laughs> These are people who didn't really know us, but that one guy said a shit ton of whatever bullshit as he was murmuring as he was walking out the door to whoever would listen and whoever was walking up from the parking lot. So we were all like, let's just have fun. Play our role. Laugh. Let them think what they want. Folks don't know us. They knew us after that night. Right. <laughs> they knew us. But the cool thing that happened was the storyteller told everybody, hey, I called them up, invited them out. Here's what went on. Here's the characters. There's no favoritism. Did a good job. What do you guys think? And it was like night and day. Right. They're like, oh, knowing that all oh, you guys did an awesome job. Let's talk to you. Oh, man, I heard stories about you guys. And let me tell you, nothing's so awesome as when someone walks up and goes, yeah, um, I heard you guys were like these big time elitist assholes and went over and ruined everybody's fun, would end games and like bribe people and do horrible shit. And we were like, I don't No. No. Yeah. Not a thing that we've ever <laughs> no, done. Ever. Yeah, but that's uh, th those are some of the the downsides. It's amazing that the Tremere bring out the downside. Of course, <laughs> of course. Well, no, like you bring it up because what's the number one problem with live action game? There's drama when they're free. Everyone shows up to play. Yeah, everyone wants to play, but there's there are people who are not. We'll just say everyone wants attention, even if it's bad attention. Right. That's what it comes down to. And if you don't understand that, and you go to a live action game. Your, your experience is going to suck. Right. Because you're either going to think that everybody hates you because you're, 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 everyone's awkward, right? Right. If you're new to a community, your first job is just to be cool 
and get to know everybody. Right. And when you go there and you're expecting some other something else, you're the outsider. You will be treated accordingly. Right. So you got to go there kind of expecting what it is and get to know people for who they are. And we're all adults. Everyone listening. Right. I, I, I've always felt that uh, a game where you might have to throw down a couple of dollars to play in it, it's going to separate the... It's going gonna, it's gonna to clear out a lot of the bullshit. Uh, you know, I've always been a proponent of when you're a storyteller for a live action game, you are putting in, if, if, you're, if you're worth your grit, you are putting in a shit ton of work. For sure. And it's, it's a full-time job. Like, especially if you have really active players, if you've got 30 or 40 active players, the juggling act is immense. I remember when I was your boss... At a cell phone company, we could say it, they're out of business. The next yeah. time, store managing, and our lunch breaks would be us being on staff. Oh, absolutely. Going over a spiral a week. Because at this point, it was it was 80 to 100 people, right? Right. And we were going over, and oh, it was 116, I remember. And, we and here's the other thing, too. There was very little emailing going back and forth, because this is, this is like early 2000s. And for as popular as being on a mobile device is now being on the internet is now it's totally socially acceptable and 15 years ago it was like kind of starting to be a thing right you know it was like oh this internet stuff so like a third of all of our submissions and influences would be from email and the rest were i wrote it down on a piece of paper and handed it to you at the end of game yep. or i wrote down all my actions on my character sheet so you guys could update it in Grapevine. We had an index file box we drugged the game and kept in the trunk of the car. We'd pop the trunk, open the lid, and make sure that we had all the new characters freshly right. printed. And then we had the old characters with all their chicken scratch marks to make sure that yep. everything the players needed was on there. And then we had our spiral of updated downtimes so we can let everybody know what occurred. Right. And it was a task. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was a task. But we did it with love. We, we enjoyed it. Because uh, nothing's cooler than watching a group of people come together with an idea and see them try to succeed as others try to thwart them. And then nobody knows who's doing what. Right. But the storyteller, you know, you're the ref, basically. That stuff's cool to me. I've always enjoyed that. But a lot of people don't want to take that on. I get it, but I love it. <laughs> I'd love to watch it happen. And, you know, Clan Shamir has tons of stories that, that we have off and on. But to be honest, rarely do we play them as players. Right. You know, because whenever we did... And I know this for a fed. You tried, you tried a couple times uh, in, a, in a live action game twice in a game I ran, but you ended up being the enemy. Yeah. You were in Clan Shamir earning favor and rank. Nobody else is. Well, that's because you knew. Keep your head down. Succeed at the task given. And then accept the lessons you're offered. That's it. Right. It was really a lot of, uh, a lot of fuck your neighbor <laughs> in, in, w within Clan Shamir. And it was like, all right, guys, like, it makes sense. You want to get over on your others, but like also there's all those fuckers out there. Like you don't need to just specifically focus on fucking over other Tremere. Like, do you remember my favorite FU playing Nikolai? It's still my favorite. I remember it. Everybody want to get these old ancient Eldritch tomes that a Cappadocian left somewhere. Mm -hmm. It was like some plot that someone uncovered. And by the way, a player did it. Uh -huh. It actually was uh, a Nosferatu vault of, of stored books. And I just wanted, as an NPC, we wrote that Nikolai would be interested to see what an old Nas collected in Chicago. Right. And so deployed the, the, the Warlock Ninjas. And they went about making their deals, doing what they could. One of them died to get all the info brought to me. And indeed, there was a Thaumaturgy book there. 
But when we looked at what it was, because remember, this game started, we took it over from someone. Right. But we didn't, here's the secret, we didn't remove their plots. No. <laughs> we just said, hey, you guys are playing them, you have it, we know what they are, we'll, right. we'll field it now. In, in big games like this back in the day, there was often uh, some transitionary periods. If you reset a big game, like it got up to 30 people, that's a big game. Right. And if you reset that game, you're going to lose about 20 of them. Yeah, you're going to lose players. They spent months playing those characters, you can't take that away. So if you're going to take it over cool but understand what you're getting so right. there's research we had to do interviews we had to conduct gladly did them and once we knew what was going on we knew how to make those stories even better and how to make them more meaningful and let them see to the end some of them were crazy <laughs> like the nosferatu vault of super knowledge so the stomaturgy book i'm nicola I'm, I'm looking at these old item cards signed off on yep. that it was all in there for the first time because i was handing them in a manila envelope if you remember yep. and we were like we're not going to open it our fun on staff's going to be if the players find it and bring it to us then we'll open it yeah. I'm 100% certain at this point that they read it. They already opened and looked at it because they're all looking at me practically salivating. Like, my reward will be to know the knowledge. Like, will it? And I open up, and the first thing I see is that there's a Path of Evil Revelations. <laughs> like, if you don't know, that's like the infernal Bible for how someone can right. quote the devil. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You're, and, I'm, and I already knew none of you are seeing this info. It's all done. I'm looking at it, and basically, I don't know why, they made every path available out of this book. Well, I decided it's because it's infernal. It was penned by the devil himself, as far as I'm concerned, and I went, oh, this is a great and grand book. I will let you know what I do with it. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I call a clan meeting next week. By the way, this is after I copied the book, <laughs> right? And I pull out the book, and I let them know, apprentices would send that book is nothing that I can't teach you. And I threw it in the fireplace <laughs> and had the ghouls light it on fire. And they were like, what? One of us died for the book. I was like, and so they have. <laughs> and a testament to them, their ashes are actually underneath that book right now. <laughs> they have destroyed the book. I remember the venom. Like they, everyone there was like, Nikolai dies. <laughs> you violated the code. You're interrupting our training. No, no. I said you can train from me. Right. Uh, and all of you, you run the reward now of my attention i will teach you <laughs> fuck this guy it was so good i had to add that 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 was fun to do to watch that happen yeah people nikolai was a motherfucker <laughs> all righty well i i think uh i think we're good for the for the day <laughs> right Alrighty, well, hey folks, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our trip down memory lane as this podcast we kind of fell down it, but it worked. Yeah, it worked. I mean, uh, uh, it's a uh, we, we made this one a little bit longer than our, our previous nerd words, just as a little reward for you. You know, we we missed you last week. We missed you. We did. We missed. We you. actually did. So uh, you know, take that as uh, as what it is. We're we're sorry. We'll try to. Uh, we're we're good about staying on schedule, but last week was crazy. We had all of our uh, Patreon rewards we had to give out. We had to do a bunch of stuff with our online game, etc. So, to my nephews, my niece, I miss you all, and I do love you. I know you may be hearing this as mommy's listening, driving around, but uh, Uncle Bob loves you. And I've never met you, but you know you're uh, Bob's relative, so you're okay by me. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so anyways, folks, thanks for listening. Check out our website and follow us at all of the locations you'd like. Twitter, Facebook, etc. Um, if you're into what we do. Discord. Come and be uh, a patron. Jump on our Patreon website. Dis, dis, Discord. Yep. Jump on Discord. Uh, there is a link in the uh, on the post. And uh, 
hang out, come chat, join the fun. Anyways, I'm Nathan. And I'm Bob. And we will talk to you again next week. I was going to wait a while before we talked about... Maybe we'll talk about it now so you can think about it. Because you all... We all have to make some kind of plans for ourselves. It's a free concert from now on.